All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Full Seam Ahead. Today is a tenuous day because after the Astros lost to the Rangers last night and the last two home series losses, people are nervous out there. There's a lot of Astros fans reaching for the panic button and worried about the future of this team. And, well, we're going to talk today about some of those fears, if they're founded or unfounded. But we've got a great episode all ahead of us. Going to recap that series versus the Marlins, recap game one of the uh, series versus the Rangers. We're going to preview those next two games. And then we'll talk uh, in our Astros roundup about this team and whether or not it's time to be concerned, how concerned, where we should be concerned. Uh, and then, as always, we'll wrap up with the round the league. But before we start, Lorenzo, plain and simple, you worried? It's not really a worriedness about this team. It's just tired of seeing the offense start a little yeah. hot, and then all of a sudden we call, we just catch Cole in the second, you know, half of the game. It's it's getting really ridiculous, and um, you know, all the Astros fans out there, you know, already can see people already talking about, oh, let's trade Maldonado, let's get rid of Bregman, let's. You know, Yuli's already done. It's not done yet. We still, we're almost at the half mark of the season with, you know, the All-Star game coming in July. And, you know, we're, we have a good, you know, sizable lean in the AOS too. So it's not really a worrisome that I'm looking at right now. It's just the way of winning ball games. We had dropped our yeah. last two in, you know, at home against Seattle and Miami, which we have talked about, you know, earlier in the episodes about, it's really important to take away of winning these games against these below 500 average teams and just showing an example, just these past last two series against Seattle, you know, we go to Seattle and we take two over there. We come back, we drop two. I don't know. It's like always against Seattle. We, we go, we drop and then oh, we come we, back. We lost we two. We lost two. Oh, I said series. lost two in Seattle. Yeah. In Seattle. Okay. Well, yeah, Seattle's been and Verlander just... and Urquidy got blown up on that that weekend. Yeah, no, it's I think you're absolutely right. And I think at this point, I'm not worried. I'm just very frustrated with this team because we know the potential of the guys on this roster and their inability to meet their potential is hurting the team, plain and simple. Um but yeah, uh we won't spend too long breaking down every game in this Miami series. It was a a tough series to watch over the weekend. Started off on Friday night with a 4-7 loss. Luis Garcia got jumped on right from the start, giving up two home runs in the first inning to Jazz Chisholm. And Aguilar, I mean, it, it was rough. Another home run in the fifth to, to Chisholm, who, I mean, granted, that guy's killer, and he's a very energetic, not face of baseball kind of guy, but, I mean, he's becoming one of the faces of baseball. But – Geez, it was it was a tough game to watch across the board. Yeah, Luis Garcia just got you know hit off of pretty well. Um, you know the shows didn't do bad against Pablo Lopez either. They they got him out of his groove, no. only going you know four and a, four and a third, and you know giving up six hits, two earned runs. Um, yeah, it was just pitiful to watch from these guys. I mean, Jazz Chisholm too. Wait, we, we talked. I talked about it last episode. This guy's one of the electric baseball players, you know, in the game right now. He's with the Acunas, with the Sotos, um, Tim Andersons. You know, they want to bring the energy to the game. And that's, you know, the new generation of baseball. And yeah. that's why, one, you know, this guy's probably going to be 
either a starter or a reserve in that a um of that all-star game coming in July. But um yeah, I mean offense wasn't clicking, you know, really much. I mean, we had a lot of lobsters as well. And uh Altuve was rare going over five with three strikeouts. So yeah, it was it was just one of the one of them tough games you had to watch against the Miami Marlins. Yeah, it, it was a tough game Friday night and you know doom and gloom on Astros Twitter. And it didn't help on Saturday with another loss, 1-5 to the Marlins. Uh, Fromber did not have his best outing, going six innings pitched, four hits, four runs. Two of them earned lots of trouble. It was just sloppy baseball. I think that was that's a good way this series as a whole was just sloppy. Um, so trouble handling the ball, trouble recording outs. Uh, Framber only had three walks, but they were untimely. He did manage six strikeouts, but the real story to me Saturday was was the bats because and, – and really Friday and Saturday both were a microcosm of the issues that this team has had. In Saturday's game, Alvarez and Pena were the only starters without a hit. We saw doubles from Tucker, Altuve, Bregman, Mauricio Dubon, and yet we only scored one run. And yeah, when your when your uh, cleanup hitter is 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 zero for four, doesn't help your case. But the rest of the lineup's got to pick them up. And the and the real stat from Saturday night to me is that the Astros hit one and third one for thirteen with runners in scoring position, leaving nine men on base. That's just unacceptable. You can't do that. You can't do that and win baseball games. Friday night it was two for sixteen. Two for sixteen. With runners in scoring position, with eleven left on base, and like that's the frustrating part of this team is that it's not that we're not getting guys on, it's not that we're not in, we're, we're, you know, we're not getting blown out of these games. They're not, we're not outclassed, but we're not capitalizing when we have the moments to do so, and that is infuriatingly frustrating to watch. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, and. um you know, I was at that game to see the boys, um, you know, Framber wasn't having, you know, he didn't have his stuff that day. He was walking batters as well. Um, defense. I mean, defense, this home, this whole home series was probably one of the worst I've ever seen these guys play this oh, season awful. so far. I mean, Pena had a bad hop on him. Um, Altuve couldn't turn it. Um, Pena again as well. I mean, Friday night, they had two errors as a team. Saturday night, they had one error as a team. And then, you know, going into Sunday, they had three errors. I mean, yeah. this team was known for its fielding, you know, from throughout the years of uh, Astros baseball, from, you know, from our tenure in 17 with the World Series and then going on. I mean, we were one of the best defensive teams. We won the freaking platinum, you know, team award last year. I don't know if it was platinum or gold um, glove. But, you know, basically the best team in uh, fielding percentage. And Carlos Correa, for one, could be, you know, was the biggest asset of that, you know, winning the gold and platinum award um, for the gold glove winners. So, I mean, it was it was bad. It was just bad over bad baseball overall. I mean, Bregman had a good I'm not going to say it wasn't a bad line drive to the pitcher. I mean, you know, it's just one of them looks bases loaded. Breggy hits it right up the middle to the pitcher and the pitcher just yeah. threw his glove out there. I mean, yeah, but what, like you said, one for 13 with runners in scoring, uh, scoring position was just, I mean, that's not Astros baseball. No, and, and it's not a winning recipe. 
and on on Sunday in the series finale, which I think if, I think if the Astros had gotten swept, whew, I, the Twitter servers might have melted down. Um, but behind Verlander, Astros are able to get it done nine to four, and we saw signs of life from the bats. And really, you know, as relieving as Sunday was, I think that adds to the frustration of we know what this team is capable of. And, you know, I've said it. I said it in the past that the Astros hitting at like fifty percent of their potential is still better than most of the league. But when they're hitting below that, it, it's awful. And you know, on Sunday we saw doubles from Bregman. Yuli got in there. Alvarez, who is on an absolute tear right now, which we'll talk more here in a minute. They had great games. Alvarez went three for four. Pena went two for three with a two-run shot. Altuve went three for five with a three-run home run and a double. I mean, like. Yeah, then Bregman, too. I mean, he was starting to hit as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's what this team's capable of. They can do it. They have the potential to beat anybody. And the fact that we consistently get these games like Friday and Saturday, and then again, last night, which we'll talk about here in a sec, where they just kind of roll over and show their belly. And it's, it, man, I don't know. It, it, it's very hard to stay optimistic about this team at this moment, I would say. Yeah. But the good thing is that we got a, you know, seven and a half game lead in the division right now. We're second in the AL behind the Yankees. Obviously, they're just terrorizing the damn ball right now. Um, That's the that's the you know, that's the biggest takeaways and the positive things about this team. You know, our hitting we could hit dude, we could score 10 runs in just like in three or four or five innings. We have done that before. We did that against Kansas City over there at KC. I mean, this team and this lineup has potential, you know, one through nine. Yes, of course. We we're gonna talk about Maldonado. Um, you know, the center fielding job right now we don't know who the hell is going to play center like just yesterday was uh mauricio dubon i mean other than that one through seven is just like you know we're like that in 2019 one through seven was raking and then when it came to chirinos maldonado and um you know when they switched out the catchers and then you came to josh reddick as well in the nine i mean we just you just didn't know and that team took it off all the way to the world series so, yeah, well, I mean, even like, I mean, look at last year, for example. I mean, Maldonado is no better or worse than he was last year, and we went to the World Series. And, and even at the World at the World Series, Maldonado performed. He performed better than Bregman did in the World Series. I mean, felt like, yeah, it. definitely, <laughs> definitely but, on that part. But uh, one little nugget from from Sunday's win. Uh, obviously, many mentioned it was a pretty good start from Verlander. Seven innings pitched, three hits. Again, though, he got tagged up late in his start. Um, four runs, which were three of those, uh, and none of them, none of them earned. Uh, yeah. I think three of them were off of a home run uh, to Brian De La Cruz after two errors and a walk in the seventh. So, I mean, yeah, you know, his ERA is not going to be affected again. They were none of those runs were earned, but still, not necessarily the dazzling Verlander that we're so used to, but good enough to get a win. Yeah, brought the VRA down to 194. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, just whenever we need a bounce back game, I mean, Verlander is our primary and number one option, being that ace to, you know, help this team elevate their game and being able to pick up that offense. I mean, it shows, you know, thank God 
it's coming along now than how it was in 19 that we have talked about earlier that whenever the Astros had played, Verlander would never get run support, but Garrett Cole would give run support. I mean, you know, now it's a new year, 2022. And um, I mean, he's getting all the run support that he could get. And I mean, we really don't even have to talk about him. He's always just pitching his ass off and, um, you know, gave up a home run to former Astros prospect, uh, Brian De La Cruz. Um, but yeah, I mean, the it curse, was a, the curse. Yeah, continues. That, yes, exactly. But um, Verlander, outstanding start. And um, thank God the bats woke up. Yeah. And again, that nugget that I was mentioning was uh, at from at MLB metrics on Twitter. Since 2012, Jose Altuve has the most three-hit games in all of baseball. He's at 159, 159 three-hit games since 2012. Second place on that list is Freddie Freeman coming in at 131. Uh, then Charlie Blackman, 130. Miggy, 127. Gene Segura, 125. So, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty impressive stat for Altuve. The man's a hit machine. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we got him back. I'm glad he's hitting the ball. You know, he maybe he wasn't healthy in the beginning of the season. That's how he got that hamstring strain. But like ever since that injury that he had, you know, he was on coming back from it. I mean, man, this guy has been dominating ever since he's ever like he's came back. So it's good to see that. Yeah, it is. So that was a series versus the Marlins. Again, not a great series, not a great homestand. I the Astros have got to figure out how to play at home. Uh, if we're gonna, you know, make a deep run this year, I think. But uh, that takes us into last night's game, headed up to Dallas, to, or to Arlington, excuse me, uh, to take on the Texas Rangers. And I just want to say, I, at this point, to me, the Rangers are the most annoying team to play. We always play the, the, the shittiest, most annoying games against them. They're n- almost never easy. They're never stress-free. They're, they, that team always hangs around, and somehow it, it, it feels like our record against the Rangers is much worse than it actually is. Yeah, it's like the same thing as Seattle. Seattle's like a yeah. freaking thorn in our asses right now. And, I mean, we're just playing mediocre basketball – not basketball, baseball. <laughs> um, you know, finals are here, so, of course, I'm going to say basketball. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, we're just playing mediocre baseball against these – below 500 average teams and 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 that's when you're supposed to take advantage of them things i mean obviously if you see the yankees right now how they're playing they're taking advantage of them below 500 teams and they're gonna get their tests you know we're gonna talk about that later they're gonna get their tests later on but i mean the astros got to take advantage and we still i believe we still got one more series until we play a um above average team like the new york mets that would come in like second or third week of june but yeah i mean we stuff like that like texas rangers seattle mariners i mean it's we we got to do better yeah absolutely and coming into to last night was a prime opportunity the astros were facing taylor hearn christian javier on the mound the astros have hit hearn well this season going into last night that at 745 era hearn did off the astros 0-2 record. He's been struggling lately. And at first, it seemed like things were going to go well, rattled off a few runs in the first and second, and then the offense just just died. Oh, yeah, that ain't nothing new. I mean, we've seen this for a while now. Um, Jose Altuve and then Jeremy Pena, you know, having back-to-back leadoff doubles in the in, on the first and second innings. And then Alvarez and Mauricio Dubon coming in and bringing them in. And, I mean, 
everything was going so good. And I'm, the offense was clicking. It looked like we were back to business. We looked like that same team coming from uh, yeah. Sunday's game, hitting the ball really well. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, I feel like this year there has been a lot of games like that, that we start off hot in the beginning of the, you know, the first half of the game. And then the second half of the game, we just, you know, go cold turkey. We just yeah. catch cold, <laughs> like ice. Like it's it's just bad. Well, and, and what's weird, and last night was a prime example of like we we didn't really stop getting guys on base. We just stopped being able to move them over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, going in, um, you know, I'm just reading a stat from AT&T Sportsnet on the broadcast. Uh, Jose Altuve, when, you know, he goes three, he has an average of 339, OBP of 434, and slugging percentage of 565. So, um yeah i mean whenever this guy starts hitting it i mean shows but tonight i mean not tonight but last night i mean he went one for four he had three strikeouts three again strikeouts. Which, you know it's very it's very rare when you see him strike out three times in a baseball game yeah i'm i, I don't have it in front of me but I'm, I'm pretty sure that his his strikeout rate i would say it's probably got to be close to the worst of his career right now and i feel like he's striking out more than i've ever seen him strike out which, I mean, he's been a strikeout guy. He does that. But it, it feels like it's a lot more often than it usually is. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, the offense, three for nine with the runners in scoring position, um, leaving six left on base. I mean, it's another just tale of the tape that we are just talking about, about that home series. Just everybody's just not clicking. Offense isn't there. But um, that, was a, that was a scary scene, too. That Jerry, it was early in the game that Jeremy Pena had went to go for a ball. And that was like the, that, man, that inning, too, was so annoying. The third inning, I want to say they had two back to back Texas little leaguers, dude. I mean, yeah. it was bad. But anyway, That's Jeremy Pena, they're, just, they're annoying. They they get yeah. those hits and those runs off of us like nobody else. Exactly. So, yeah, Jeremy Pena had went to die for the ball and then kind of awkwardly rolled over his uh, glove hand. And it looked like he was in pain, dude. Like, I was honestly kind of like, oh, no, this isn't good. He, and that was the hand, too, that he just had surgery on last year when he went to Sugarland. So, but thank God Dusty had said after the game that he's, he's going to be okay. And, you know, they'll have further more about him tomorrow. But everything looks good so far for this kid. Uh, yeah, that's definitely relieving. Um and a, a, a relative bright spot was he saw Alvarez continue his hot streak. He's going two for four. He should have been three for four. He got that home run robbed by Adoles Garcia. It would have been a two-run shot in the, like, the sixth or the seventh. Um, just robbed right, right, right there over the wall. Um, so, I mean, he, he's seeing the ball so well right now. I know we'll, we'll get into that more in a minute, but that is one nice little point of comfort right now. Yeah, I mean, that, he was just seeing it as a beach ball. I mean, this guy right now is batting over 300. So, um, yeah, I mean, offense got to be do a little better tonight, hopefully, against the Rangers. And, um, you know, we'll see with that. But other than that, I mean, pitching, Christian Javier didn't do bad at all. I mean, people will say he did. People will say he didn't. He had a so-so outing to me. He went six innings strong, five hits, two earned runs, three walks, seven Ks. Um, started losing his groove at the end. We saw Ryan Stanek come in, you know, did pretty well, shut him down. Hector Neris. Now I wanted to talk about this guy. I mean, he's been shaky a little lately now. 
you know, the last night's game, he went a third, three hits, giving up, you know, three earned runs and one walk. I mean, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really good to see. This isn't the Hector Neris that we had saw in the beginning of the season, shutting everything down. We're saying, oh, man, this is a great setup, man. Great, yeah. you know, signing and everything like that. His last five outings, four innings pitch, five hits, six earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. I mean, that's not going to cut it. I mean, he was being an all-star, dude. He was he was setting up to be an all-star setup, man. And then he just, you know, just I don't I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just he's been bad lately. He, he but, has um, been he, he's been rough I, and I wonder there's part of him that wonders if he's like struggling with a bit of a command issue you know maybe it's a mechanical thing because you know we saw him with the Seattle series and you know the alleged throwing at Ty France and then you know getting ejected and all that so I wonder in going into the, to last night's game the Rangers were stealing on him and people were blaming Maldonado for those steals but Neris is working so slowly that I don't, I don't know what you expected. I don't know what you wanted Maldonado to do. And he had a wild pitch thrown in there. So, I mean, I wonder if there's just something mechanical going on that is, you know, he's losing his placement or what, but it's either way, it's not, it's, it's not very um, comforting right now. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I would, I would think Dusty would put Stanek into that setup man role for just now until they could fix that mechanical issue. I think, too, it's yeah. a mechanical issue because it's been like that. Yeah, I mean, that his last five, you know, going from Seattle, and then, like you said, with Ty France, too, with the location. And then he even said, too, that he wasn't even trying to hit Eugenio Suarez in the head, and it was just, a, you yeah. know, it just fell out of his hand. So hopefully it's a mechanical issue, nothing, you know, injury-wise or arm, you know, dead arm, nothing like that, hopefully. Yeah, I – I, I hope not because I mean having that role and that's just one less. If, if you can get him back to to normal, that'll be one less thing with the focus on from the bullpen. Yeah, going into going into on the last road trip, his ERA was down to a two oh one, uh, and at one point he was sitting a point five six before the Boston game. That and that's I, that was the first time we really saw him kind of get blown up a little bit, um, just inflated ever, ever since then, and then especially recently, like you mentioned, he, he's been struggling. So getting him back under control would be very nice. Yes, definitely, because he's going to be that key for Ryan Presley. I mean, we haven't yeah. seen Presley be the sharpest. I mean, he's starting to get a little sharper now, but with Hector Neris kind of, you know, not putting the pressure on Presley, I mean, it'll feel a lot better for him to pitch in the ninth. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about what we got to expect tonight in Game Two versus the Rangers. I honestly think Jose Urquidy has a great game. I think he goes six yeah. strong. Okay, I honestly think so. I think he goes six strong. Maybe gives up one or two runs. You know, max two, I would say. But um, yeah, I think he's going to be a little sharper, especially how the Astros have been playing. Obviously, we know he gets run support. I mean, the guy has a five three record. So, you know, he's going to win games if the team keeps hitting for him. The five ERA, though, good gosh. I mean, that, that's really bad. That's really high. But um, I think we see a sharper key today. And, um, yeah, I think offense kind of explodes and goes over five runs, I would say. I would hope so. We're facing off against Dane Dunning, who's 1-4 with the 4.41 ERA. 
Rangers have lost six of his last seven starts. He's lost his last three decisions. Um, his last start versus Cleveland, he went four innings pitched, nine hits, four earned runs. So hopefully this is a guy that we can take advantage of. But honestly, you know, again, you just never know what to expect with this this team so far. Yeah, definitely. He, I mean, he just came from Cleveland pitching against them and gave up four runs, uh, only yeah. lasted four innings as well. So, you know, taking advantage, I mean, that's what we've been preaching all along. We got to take advantage of these teams, especially the Texas Rangers being, you know, second behind us now, and they're seven and a half games behind. So if, you know, God forbid we don't get swept by these guys, but if we do, I mean, now they're five games behind us. So, but yeah, I think Jose Riquetti, you know, puts the team well not puts the team obviously on his back but gives a great outing shoves it down the rangers and we see these astro um hitters you know how they hit on sunday's game against miami absolutely and then in game three on wednesday we need to see a bounce back game from luis garcia i think it's it i I still haven't uh really formulated an opinion on on garcia this this season he seems to waver back and forth between a really strong outing and then a not very great outing at all. Um, so kind of trying to figure out where his midpoint is, is a bit challenging. Uh, we don't know who he'll be facing off against. The Rangers have not named a starter for Wednesday's game. Um, but again, hopefully we get Garcia back on the mound. If Arquiti can get us a win tomorrow night and we can escape with the series win, I think we'd all, you know, help that quell the fears. Um, but this Texas lineup has really come into its own lately. And, you know, despite the Rangers record and sitting there just below 500, this is a, this is a quality team um, at the end of the day that, like I said, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I really do think that they'll be um, in the conversation. They're only two and a half games back right now from an AL wildcard spot. And I think they're going to hang around there um, and, and challenge for that spot. So this isn't a team to take lightly especially now that Marcus Simeon has, you know, remembered how to play baseball, I guess. Um, he's been hitting the crap out of the ball. Uh, before last night, he was hitting 326 with five home runs over his last 10 games. And then last night he went, I believe, three for five. So he's getting hot, which doesn't bode well for us, but um, they've still got guys. Um, they got uh, Jonah Heim, their catcher is hitting really well. Adoles Garcia, obviously always dangerous. So getting those bats quieted down is uh, going to be key to walking out of Globe Life with a win Wednesday night. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, we've already talked about our Astro Killers and Adolis. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday afternoon. No, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday afternoon. 105. Anyway, um, Adolis Garcia, yeah, being one, and um, Cole Calhoun being the other Astro Killer in that lineups. And uh, Marcus Simeon, like you said, he just finally found his groove. Uh, went three for five la- uh, yesterday night. And, um, you know, Corey Seager, I mean, we've seen him, you know, with the Dodgers. And, I mean, the, the Rangers organization spent half a billion dollars on both these guys to set their franchise up yeah. for success. In the beginning, it was not looking like that. And it just looked like a wasted, you know, bargain for them to get these two guys. And, you know, Corey Seager has been – you know, up and down, up and down. Marcus Simeon was completely down. I mean, this guy couldn't hit the ball to save his life. And then all of a sudden, just a spark just lit up in him, and now he's just seeing the ball really well. So, yeah, I see them. They could be a wild card team in the end of the season, and I could see them as buyers too when it comes to the trade deadline. 
Yeah, they absolutely could be. They're going to need to upgrade their starting pitching, but um, because whenever they play anybody uh, other than the Astros, they tend to struggle. Um, but that they're definitely a team that's going to hang around there, and and winning a series from them would be would be a nice little flower in our bonnet. Yes, definitely, and we need to do that. All right, so that is the series versus the Rangers. Uh, this is obviously a, a midweek series coming up this weekend. We'll have the White Sox at home before the beginning of a nine-game stretch, all of them against the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. That is going to be a huge uh, defining test for this Astros team. Um, and I think that's a good way to lead into our Astros roundup is you know, there's a lot of concern, a lot of consternation, rightfully so. Um, you know, you have the camp that says, oh, it doesn't matter. We're seven and a half games up in the division. Look at the record. You know, we, we win ball games. And then you have the camp that says this team is a disaster. We're never going to win. the. We, you know, we're not going to get bounced in the wild card. We can't win like this consistently, et cetera, et cetera. Reality is, to me, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle that – this Astros team is not as good as we probably think they are. And they're probably not as good as their record indicates, but there's still a team that has the potential to be really, really good. And so this next two weeks is going to go a long way into uh, solidifying that identity as we head toward the all-star break. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. They're not one. I think this 2022, you know, Houston Astros team isn't like, of course, like 2019, 2021 that we had but i mean we still solidify ourselves in the playoffs we always find a way to win that division as well even though we're probably in one of the worst divisions well i mean you got the AL central too but mm, i mean our team boy yeah i mean so we still we we know who we are we don't have the best farm system but of course we find these prospects and these players to find a way to be winning rookie of the year or even being a finalist in that category but Fangraphs, of course, they have the Yankees right now winning the board, like being the favorites to win the World Series at 13%. Of course, us in LA, Dodgers being at 12.4. But I mean, like you said, there's going to be a great test going against the New York Mets, which is the number one team in the, in the National League, and the New York Yankees, which is the number one team in the American League. So this is really going to solidify ourselves to see how we're going to do, you know, how our offense are going to look, how is pitching going to look. Right now, we got the best ERA, I want to say. You know, I don't know if it's in the MLB, but in the American League, I know for a fact that we have one of the best, you know, pitching staff, which is yeah, crazy which... because I feel like we do not. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like we just mentioned earlier here, Kitty having a 5.04 ERA, and then Luis Garcia is at a 3.70. And it's, it's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah, and, and I think that there's to some extent that that, I, I don't think the pitching staff is, is as good as we think it is. Or, you know, I think most Astros fans say like, oh, the bats are a problem, but at least the pitching is lights out. But really the pitching is not lights out. And it hasn't been for a few weeks now. We've seen struggles from our – we've seen our starter struggle. We've seen the bullpen struggle. We've seen closer struggle. So, I mean, getting consistency across the board is, is really the goal. And, and, and producing at a – high level consistently, which obviously, you know, that's a recipe for winning baseball. But again, it goes back to there is still reason to believe in this team. 
And I, for one, I'm not ready to sell this team down the river. I'm not going to throw my hands up and, oh, it's over. Um, but we got to start seeing some progress. And hopefully over these next couple of weeks, uh, we'll see that. And just an interesting note, I'm looking ahead. Uh, we have that nine-game run against the Mets and the Yankees. I play three of those at home, six of them on the road. Uh, and then in the month of July, in the month of July, we play the Angels, the Royals, the A's, and the Mariners. Those are the we play those four teams all month. Now we got well, you got the Yankees except, too. We got two yes, games. Except we got a doubleheader versus the Yankees on July 21st. But other than that, we'll play teams with losing records in our division, uh, with the exception of the Royals. We'll play them the entire month of July. So even coming through this nine-game winning streak, we'll have a chance again in July. We have not really taken advantage of it the way we should have these last few weeks, but, you know, a little stretch with some of these uh, sub-500 teams that we got to got to take care of business against. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just trying to find a way to win. I mean, we don't have to be a home run hitting team. We don't have to, you know, hit for contact all the time. You know, doing the little things right is going to win you these baseball games. Pitching's yeah. not going to be the best, so the offense has to pick it up. Offense Absolutely. might not be there. Pitching's going to pick it up. It's like, you know, Verlander, for instance, you know, I mean, he's one of the our best pitchers, of course, you know, our ace right now. If we're having a bad offensive game, he's going to pick us up no matter what. And it's like it's even, you know, good for both. If they're both, you know, at an outstanding pace, I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with that, and that's just even better for us. But, yeah, it's going to be – Going against division, really, that whole July, it's going to really just yeah. be division teams except the Royals and the Yankees. Um, we finally get to see the Angels again. We haven't seen them, I believe, since May. Um, Oakland, of course, we just swept them at the Coliseum. Seattle's been a thorn in our asses, so we only get – oh, well, we have two series against them. So, I mean, it's just we, – we just got to take advantage of these teams. Right now, the Mets aren't playing the best – Baseball, of course, you know, with DeGrom being hurt, Scherzer being hurt, um, Bassett hasn't been himself lately, Taiwan Walker as well is getting hit. I mean, their pitching staff hasn't been the best right now. I think their offense is really helping them. The Yankees, on the other hand, uh, we're going to see them play, you know, good teams coming down. You know, they're going to play the Blue Jays, the Roy, uh, not the Royals, um, the Rays, and then they're going to be playing us, so... We get to really see the true New York Yankees yeah. um, when they play that skid. But, yeah, I mean, just if we're going to be playing these, what, nine games, like you said, against the Yankees and the Mets, basically the whole state of New York, we got to take advantage of them Yankees because, of course, they're right now first in the American League. So we got to chip away and try to get some wins out of them. For sure. Uh, well, moving on in our Astros roundup, we got some progress reports on Jake Odorizzi coming back from that, that injury in Boston. Uh, on Sunday, he took PFPs, and he, uh, according to the Quran, he was at 50 to 60% effort. Uh, he said afterward that he felt like he could have gone 100% um, if he wasn't sore, but once that soreness subsides, he, that he feels like he'll be ready to go. We thought, you know, they're not going to rush him back, but that is that is good news that he, he's he's already taken PFPs, and hopefully we'll see him back. I I think we see him before the All Star break. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him like uh, maybe the first week of July, maybe even yeah. sooner. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think we could see him, you know, and that's what we we're talking about, like not wanting to put, you know, not pressure. I wouldn't say, but like kind of like 
trying to get them going before, and then we can see how he looks. Um, you know, obviously we want our pitchers to be 100, 110% when they come in, but I agree too. I think we'll see him before the all-star break. And it, I think too, it's going to show our starting rotation as well. I mean, Christian Javier yeah. hasn't been his best. Jose Urquidy for sure hasn't been at his best. Luis Garcia hasn't been a little shaky, but I still think he's still in the starting rotation. Um, so yeah, Jake Odorizzi coming back into that rotation is going to help the Astros, you know, a lot. And, you know, well, maybe we'll see Urquidy go back in the bullpen, but obviously I think we're going to see probably Christian Javier go back into that role of being a long reliever. Yeah, I, I, I believe that, that that will be the case. And I just want to go on record. I think we see Hunter Brown in July, in the first week of July. And that for that homestand, Angels, KC, the oh, first, yeah. second week of July, mm-hmm. that's his call up, calling it. Yeah, and it should be. It should be. I mean, he has proven, he has proven at Triple A, you know, obviously winning pitcher of the month in the PCL. And, um, you know, he's been pitching his ass off over there in Sugarland. So, what are we, you know, it's not kind of like, what are we waiting for? You know, bring him up, you know, rush him up and everything like that. But it's kind of like, okay, where are we going to place him for, you know, for start? And obviously Click has said it, you know, on a radio interview that he's going to be, you know, may, maybe more likely in the bullpen to start to see, you know, how he goes from there. And then I believe we'll see him, you know, I think we could see him in the starting rotation as well. I think so. I think we'll see him in the bullpen as well. I don't know what they're going to do with, with with the roster. I haven't looked at it. I know with with Mashinsky being hurt and Blake Taylor being hurt. I don't know where that puts our the bullpen roster at right now. I don't know who all we're carrying, but I, I, they're not going to bring him in. I, I wouldn't say they're not going to bring him in 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 this month, like on the in this nine game stretch versus the Yankees and the Mets. Like he's not gonna go on the road against two of the best teams in baseball for his debut. But I think seeing him in July something yeah, occurred I mean, to me. Something occurred to me just now. You know what's I and I I don't have a date on this. Someone out there do some sleuthing. Did what at some point at some point this season Alex Bregman's baby's being born. Yeah. I believe it's maybe, I think, probably in August. I would, I, I believe. Oh, that's so I'm far not away. Sure. Because I'm not that, too sure. That, that dad strength, hey, that dad strength is something else. And so maybe that's what it's all, maybe he's just, uh, he's being very, very sweet to Reagan right now and not paying attention to his, not doing his t he's not he's not focusing on his t work because he's too worried about becoming a daddy but once that baby gets born and he gets that dad strength um maybe we'll <laughs> we'll see the power come back um i don't know that's just some that just randomly popped into my head that maybe that's just a little little boost that bregman needs um anyway but lorenzo how does it feel to have the best hitter in all of baseball on the houston astros Oh, it feels amazing. Even to, you know, lock him in for six more years in a use national yeah. uniform. I mean, you got to love that. Things you love to see. That is one of the things you love to see right there is having Jordan Alvarez basically is going to be the future of our franchise, as well as hopefully Kyle Tucker soon. Soon, I hear from James Click soon. I'm putting emphasis on that because James Click needs to open his ears. But, um, yeah, I mean, this guy – I mean, shout out shout out James Click, longtime listener of Full Seam Ahead. Yes, I mean, it's just 
I mean, Jordan Alvarez, there's it's just like Justin Verlander. There's no there's not that many things to say about him. I mean, you could tell, you know, you could say so much about this guy. And I mean, it's just amazing to have this guy being in the use of Nationals uniform. Yeah. And and I mean, the, the stats speak for themselves going off of the stat cast. And these stats are before last night's game. Leads the league in hard hit percentage at 64.7%. Leads the league in expected batting average at 357. Leads the league in leads the league in expected slugging at 754. And leads the league in expected weighted on base average of 488. And he's just hitting the crap out of the ball. Um, before last night, over his last 10 games, he was hitting 500 with three home runs, uh, three doubles, a triple. 33 total bags, 13 RBIs. I mean, he is on fire, and he's just seeing the ball so freaking well right now. It, it's incredible. It reminds me of how he he's played more consistently, how he looked in the ALCS last year. You know, against against Boston, he was just crushing the ball, and, and he's been looking like that for, what, the last two weeks now? I mean, going back to the road trip, I feel like against – well, really even against Seattle is when he really started to turn it on. He hit well in that series. He hit well in Oakland. He hit well in KC, and he, he hasn't stopped. Yeah, I mean, he has three hit games in his last six. I mean, yeah. gosh, I mean, I mean, he could have had three uh, yesterday if Adolis Garcia didn't rob that home run. But I mean, this guy's seeing it like a beach ball, dude. Yeah, he's, he's just locked. Like he said, he he's just locked in right now, and. I'm just so I'm just so happy for this guy, man. I'm, you know, shout out like I said, shout out to that Dodger organization over there. I don't know what y'all doing, what y'all drinking, what y'all smoking. Y'all doing a great job over there, yeah. giving us this guy. And what's, what's crazy is that Alvarez he's he's sitting at fourth place right now with 17 home runs. Byron Buxton and Pete Alonso have been on hot, hot, hot streaks lately, um, racking up homers. They're sitting at 18. And then Aaron Judge has 24, dude. I'm sick of this guy. <laughs> Perks of playing yeah. at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but I mean, still, but, like he he's hitting them on the road. He's hitting them at home, and it, I'm whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy that we got Jordan Alvarez. I don't. We don't really need Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton or any of them Bronx Bombers. You want to call them? I mean, Jordan Alvarez is just showing them, you know, how it's done. And he's even talked about. I don't know if you heard an interview that they had asked him. You know, if he's really interested in, you know, doing the home run derby, maybe at L.A., you know, that'd be some freaking funny ass shit. If he didn't, you know, he participated at that home run derby in Los Angeles, California, at Dodgers Stadium, where yeah. <laughs> the Dodgers organization had had him and went to get Josh, um, Josh Fields instead. And, and I mean, I'm pretty sure and God, you know, hopefully he starts for the A.L., so, um, but yeah, Jordan Alvarez just terrorizing the ball. I feel bad for baseballs out there right now. Yeah, no, he, he he's killing it. Um, so that that's our that's our Astros roundup. We'll go ahead and move into around the the league. And why don't we just pick up right there? We'll skip ahead and talk about the AL East because I'm sick of the Yankees. I'm sick of Aaron Judge. They beat the crap out of the poor little Cubbies. Um, they keep winning. They're on a what five game win streak right now nine and one over their last 10 44 i'm just sick of them i mean i agree with you i, I just cannot stand hearing about the yankees i can't steer can't just tired of hearing about aaron judge and 
you know, I'm just sick and tired of it. It's, it's already been enough. Literally, they haven't played a really well. Well, yeah, they haven't played really good base, you know, team based ball from everybody. I mean, they played. If we start from the beginning of May, they played the Texas Rangers. They played the Chicago White Sox. They played the Baltimore Orioles, the White Sox again, Baltimore again. And then they finally played, you know, a team in Tampa Bay and they split them uh, in that four game series against them. They haven't played nobody really, you know, competitive. Like I said, they're going to they're going to play Tampa Bay today. They're going to play Toronto next, Tampa Bay again, and they're going to play us. So this I'm just waiting for these Yankees to like cool off because uh, I mean, it's enough is enough for these guys. I'm tired about hearing the. The Bronx Bombers are back, the 27-time World Series champions and all this BS of shit that you want to call. But, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, to being unbiased about them, I mean, they've been playing really well. You cannot they take that been. away. I mean, yeah, you got to mean their flowers, but. Necessary, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, us Astro fans, I can't stand it anymore. I'm just tired of it. But Nestor Cortez, I mean, this guy wasn't even – pitching his ass off last year and then all of a sudden i mean this guy is just pitching like a Cy young award i mean gary cole right now is i think the worst pitcher in their rotation severino's been pitching good um jameson tyon even montgomery dude even i i can't remember jordan montgomery i mean he's been pitching good and he was pitching dog shit last year so it's it's just i don't know what manfred what kind of baseballs they sent over there to (laughs) The Bronx, I mean, I don't, I just don't know. But yeah, I'm just like you said, I'm tired of the New York Yankees. Yeah. And, and we'll see how that, that division race, that division race goes because I mean, the J and the Jays, the Rays, the Red Sox keep hanging around too. I mean, but the, the Yankees elite is so big. Um, but in the AL Central, we have a pretty competitive, maybe division developing. Uh, the Twins still have a lead there. They are six and four of the last 10. They have a three and a half game lead on the Cleveland Guardians, but the Guardians have been performing pretty well lately. They're seven and three over their last 10, um, sitting right above 500. They're at 29 and 27, and they've got an RBI machine over there at third base that could propel them into being a pretty decent team. They could challenge Minnesota, I really do think, in, in that division. Yeah, I think so too. Right now, the Chicago White Sox are just falling apart. Um, yeah. Minnesota, I mean, Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. And, I mean, they, uh, their lineup is still good, dude. They're, they're, Luis yeah. Arons is hitting the shit out of the ball, too. I mean, um, Minnesota has been doing well. But Cleveland, I, I mean, I didn't even see that coming, honestly. <laughs> but, I mean, the thing, Jose the Ramirez thing is only one. Yeah. But, but, but the thing with Minnesota, though, is can they stay healthy? Because you have two guys in in Correa and Buxton that both have a history of not being able to give full healthy seasons. So, I mean, if they stay healthy, I don't see an issue. But, I mean, if they start running into injury bugs, things could change in that division pretty quickly. Yeah, that's the number one, number two uh, overall top picks in the 2012-2013 draft. Oh, man, I wish we would have got Byron for – for that playoffs last year, I was I, th- I really thought Click was gonna get him. I did, but too. um, he uh, he won AO Player of the Week just this past week too. I mean, this guy had been shitting on the ball. He had three home runs in two games, I think. Yeah. So, 
yeah, Minnesota's just, you know, there. But, I mean, you can't stay away from Cleveland. Jose Ramirez, that, that guy's a different breed, dude. That guy is a different breed. Yeah, he is. And uh, also in that division, we saw one of the stupidest managing decisions out from our good friend Tony LaRussa on a one-two count. On a one-two count with a runner on second, he intentionally walks Trey Turner to get to Max Muncie. If you're Max Muncie, how disrespected are you feeling after that? Oh, dude, when when he got up to the plate, I mean, he hit that bomb and then round third, just yeah. staring into that dugout. I mean, that I mean, it was it was amazing to see that. I would have done that too if I was playing. Oh as yeah, well. and, and I mean, and, and like to on one hand, I, actually. I do not get Tony LaRusso's decision. There's no like statistical evidence to justify it. That is where the old school clashes with the new school. And, you know, LaRusso in his post game, he was like, well, I have the splits that say that Trey Turner is one of the best hitters in baseball on a one, two count with a runner on second. It's like, yeah, but at a certain point, dude, like you got to go with the field. You got to go with the game. And I just don't understand why you would. And it's not even like the White Sox pitcher was struggling. I mean, uh, Freddie Freeman was only on second because of a pass ball. So pass like, ball, yeah. I, I don't know. Weird, weird decision. And then for Larusa to get defensive in his press conference, his quote was something like, "Does it, he's like, is there really a question as to whether that was the wrong decision?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, that was tells the wrong decision, obviously." Yeah, I mean Tony Larusa. I think it's just time to hang it up. And I think Chicago too. Chicago White Sox fans out there are just tired of it. I mean Sunday's game, they already had a chance of you know, fire LaRusa and all that stuff. So I yeah. think the South I mean, Side like, is just tired of it. So- if you're a White Sox fan, I don't know how you convince yourself that Tony LaRusa is the guy capable of managing you to the World Series. You know, he's not. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, you have guys that are good for their role, you know, building your team back up, turning you into a, you know, a playoff contender. But he's not going to win. The, they're not going to win the world series with him managing them. They're not probably going to win their division with him managing them. So I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, these, this team was in the AODS last year against us. Yeah. They, I mean, he, their, their team's good. Tim Anderson's oh, really they have good talent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Tim Anderson, you got um, former MVP, Jose Abreu. I mean, Osmani Grandal could still hit bombs. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, on the other hand, still hurt. Um, Luis Rob, I mean, they got the talent, dude. I could go on and yeah, I could go on and on with this talent. Uh, they just lost Michael Kopech, um, you know, this past week on an injury to his knee, and that was sad to see because I mean, that was just barely the first inning. And this kid just battled, you know, through Tommy John just what two or three years ago. Now he's going through a knee injury, so they got the talent. Yeah, he got he um was pitching. And then he felt something in his knee, and he couldn't put no pressure on it. So oh I mean, he did, yeah, he had to walk off. And uh, I'm, that means I'm like I'm I now have like two healthy starters on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, been- in that league, I I I think I have two healthy starters. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Kopech. Yeah, Kopech. I mean, he's been doing really good as a starter this year. He was supposed to be a reliever, but went into that starting role and. You know, has been dominating, but now it's been just White Sox right now. That South Side is not looking too good. Yep. Um, so that's the AL Central rough division. AL West, we already kind of touched on it. Rangers are now one game up on the Angels. Angels, they do snap the streak. One of the funniest things, you know, you never prey on a man's downfall. 
You don't gloat. But the fact that Joe Madden cut his hair into a mohawk the day he got fired and the team never even got to see it. That I'm sorry, that's hilarious. That is dude, that, that is, is the so most funny. I feel bad. That's like going to work. Like you're you're going to work in a new tuxedo that you just not a new, t- but you know, a new suit that you just bought at men's warehouse and they they said they fired and you're like, well yeah. shit. I just bought like, this new suit for fucking nothing. <laughs> Like I respect the move. Like you're you're the manager on your team's on a 12 game losing streak. Yeah, yeah you gotta you do gotta do what you gotta boys. do. Yeah, and the fact that he cut his hair into a mohawk just to get fired, uh, oof, that's rough. Dude, I mean, I think that has to be one of the most funniest, you know, kind of things to see and take away from that. And um, for Joe Madden just to end his day on, you know, just getting a brand new haircut and everything, paying what about 20 bucks now that. I, mean, I don't even know how it is over there in California. Everything's high price. It could be thirty dollars over me, there. Cost me thirty dollars at Sports Clips last week. Oh, ridiculous! No, in Texas. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe it's forty over there. But <laughs> you know, besides Joe Madden, that AOS of the Angels. I mean, did you hear Mike Trout's interview on Sunday Night Baseball when they were talking to him uh, during the game? He was DH, by the way, in that game. Uh, the, talking about the fantasy league, yes, the most infamous, <laughs> the best commissioner of fantasy bait, uh, not baseball but football, for um for that football league with the Jock Peterson slap around the world from uh, Tommy Pham. Alex Bregman, yeah, was your winner of that fantasy football league. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, and I mean that's one Astro taken away from that right there. Yeah. What a what a league! What a, what a what a thing to be in a fantasy football league with the best and the brightest of all major league baseball stars. How how, how much do you think? That in, how much do you think they put in? How much? It, like it had to be a lot. I, I mean, give me just a or like fifty k. That's what I that's what I was thinking. Like like probably fifty k or something like that, which is just 50, absurd to me. That's my salary. I, <laughs> <laughs> right we're, we're still trying to make it over here and everything and they're putting 50k just like five dollars basically to them yeah but uh, um wild wild news yeah but other news too with the nl east the Atlanta yes. braves the defending champions of the 2021 season on a 12 game winning streak right now hot definitely h-o-t and caps hot this team is five games back from the new york mets who are right now struggling like i said they were struggling they're five and five in their last 10 games but bad news for the braves and they're on this tear right now 12 games like i said winning streak ozzy albies left the game when they were playing yesterday against the washington nationals with a fractured left foot i don't know if you saw that bat but he swung awkwardly on an inside pitch that was thrown to him and when he was trying to step out that box it looked like something popped and he couldn't move he didn't even run it out he literally got out of the box and just fell to the ground it was basically how jake odorizzi was trying to fill that ball in boston yeah exactly like that as a hitter in that box i mean it looked bad and he couldn't even put pressure on his left foot dude yeah no that that's definitely that's definitely bad news for the braves but I think the Braves still should feel pretty good about where they are right now. Um, 
you know, a cool story on they they lost their last loss was on May 31st. They got walked off against the Diamondbacks. And the story was that in the clubhouse after the game that Brian Snicker lit into the team and he said, this isn't last year. The championship's over. It doesn't count anymore. Um, it's a new year. Like, get your shit together. And then here they are, rattled off 12 straight wins and uh, picking up ground on, on the Mets in the NL East. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of hot teams lately. I mean, the Philadelphia Phillies in their in their division right now, after the firing of Joe Girardi, they went on a nine-game winning streak and then lost, you know, a game in that division. And then they were sitting at nine, but then now they're eight and a half games back. And then the Phillies have won um, the game last night as well. So, I mean, everybody's having their hot streaks right now. Obviously, the Yankees, of course, was having their hot streak. Uh, Braves, 12-game winning streak. And then, I mean, a lot of, a lot of winning streaks going on. In Major League Baseball, yeah, but what's what's crazy is that for the Phillies, they won nine in a row and they they lost a game on the Braves in the NL East race. Yeah, so somebody was due <laughs> to lose their winning streak that day. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of of streaks, there are some losing streaks in baseball, and you can find uh, two big ones in the NL Central. Is the NL Central the worst division in baseball? Yeah, I wish the Astros were still in that central, honestly. <laughs> I honestly wish we were still in the NL. But, um, you know, there ain't nothing wrong because we're at the top in the AL West for like, what, for the six straight years or five straight years. We've yeah. almost won that division all the time. So it's not that bad, but not seeing the Cardinals that we always see, you know. Yeah, but in, memories. in the central, the Cardinals are now the, the Brewers were the you know favorites to win that division again this year. Uh, they were leading, but now the Cardinals have a one-game lead. But the Cardinals are sitting there at 35-27. Uh, not dramatically. Astros are 37-24. Um, but the Cardinals are 5-5 five and five over their last 10. And this is the rest of their division over their last 10 games. The Brewers are 2-8 and eight over their last 10. The Pirates, 2-8 and eight on a seven-game losing streak. The Cubs, also 2-8 and eight over their last 10 and on a seven-game losing streak. The Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> are four and six, and they're on a two-game win streak. This division is rough. They've got some serious issues. You know, there's no contenders here except perhaps the the Cardinals or the Brewers. Um, But even then, I mean, like, you got to think that neither – that whichever one of them wins the division, they're not going to be the favorites in the the, the NLDS or this new – whatever this playoff. Because, I mean, they're going to be in that wild card – first round because they're not going to have a better division than um, whoever wins the East or the West. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Cardinals were sneaky, what, two years ago or last year against the Dodgers. They almost beat the Dodgers in that series. Um, That's true. Right now, Jack Flaherty's on a rehab assignment too. Their ace, uh, Adam Wainwright, still pitching his butt off at the age of 40 or 50 years old, whatever he is. I mean, this guy's been pitching for a while now. <laughs> it feels um, like it. Exactly. So, um, I mean, they got Nolan Arenado, one of the best gloves in in our game. And, I mean, he's he's hitting the bat pretty well. And Paul Goldschmidt, native Texan of the Woodlands, I mean, he, he's been on a tear. He's he's having an MVP campaign, really. So, I mean, the, the Cardinals, I believe – I, I think honestly they could win that division over the Brewers right now. Christian Yelich is oh, absolutely, you know, at his MVP caliber, just like Alex Bregman is. Um, pitching wise for them, Corbin Burns has been 
getting a little, you know, iffy, but I mean, he's still a freaking ace. Uh, Brandon Woodruff as well. Freddie Peralta says, not Freddie. Um, yeah, Freddie Peralta. Or is it Willie Peralta? We just had this discussion last time, I want to say, but one of the damn Peraltas, we'll just say that. Um, I mean, he's going to be out for a while. So now it's just going to be um, Burns and Woodruff on that systems. But yeah, and I mean, this central, it's always, it's it's either two or three teams. It's Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Chicago. We haven't seen Cincy in the playoffs in, in about a while. Pittsburgh definitely hasn't been in the freaking playoffs in a while. So yeah, I mean, this central isn't the toughest, but I mean, they'll, I think they're, they'll find some ways to win, actually. Yeah, and, and we'll see. I think that's a division that's going to come down to the wire. Yeah, I think so, too. And, but, I mean, that West, that's Ooh. a wild – the wild, wild West in the National League is pretty interesting to look at right now. Absolutely. With the Padres, after their win last night, are tied atop that division with the Dodgers, who've been struggling. And, you know, I've, at what point do we start – you know, everybody's questioning the Astros, but I mean, the Dodgers really have not looked that phenomenal this year. You know, I don't really see much about this team to place just all this confidence in them as, as being they they may not even be the best team in the National League. They may not be the best team in their division. Yeah, I mean, I've never that I mean they got all-star caliber players, dude. They got yeah. two they have two former MVPs. They got Freddie Freeman. Mookie Betts, I mean, what what else can you ask for? What else can you ask for as the Dodgers organization? Who else do you need? You have all the talent in that freaking organization. Uh, Walker Buehler just had an injury too, I want to say, yeah. so he's going to be out for two months. Clayton Kershaw's coming back from the I.L. So, I mean, I mean, Nash, the media has not been talking about these guys. The West – the West Coast has not been talking about it because everybody's focused on, you know, the NBA finals in San Fran with the Warriors and Celtics. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we think everybody thinks, Oh, we're putting the panic button on the Astros. I mean, what about the Dodgers? The yeah. Dodgers are supposed to be the favorite to be in the world series every freaking year. They're well, I mean, the favorites everyone, to be in the world series. going into this season, people were talking about the Dodgers, like that they had a legitimate chance to win, you know, 110 games, you know, like being, like that's the team that they were stacked up to be and had the potential to be, but they're that they're not close to that mark. And I mean, the rest of that division, you know, like we said, they're tied with the Padres now. The Padres are seven and three over their last ten, and they don't even have Tatis. They don't even have their best player, their second best player, how you want to put it. Um, their pitchers are pitching lights out. Joe Musgrove is looking like a uh, could be a sleeper Cy Young candidate uh, in the National League. Um, Former they, Astro, right there, baby. Yes, sir. And the Giants also seven and three. They're only three games back um, in in the West. I think the you know early in the season the Rockies were looking like holy crap are the Rockies good? The answer is no. Uh, they're set. <laughs> they're seven games under five hundred. They are who we thought they were. Um, they just had a good start to the season. And the D backs are five games under five hundred, nine and a half back in the division. Again, they they're they're kind of who we know they are. But, I mean, that division is, is seriously a contest. And, I, I, man, I don't know what you really have to go off of to put this unlimited faith in the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I've, if I'm in Los Angeles, I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of 
just a little just a little nervous, I would say, because yeah. like you said, the Padres don't have Fernando Tatis, one of the most electrifying guys in the game. This guy was on the cover of MLB the show uh what was it, 19 or 20? I want to say 20, but um or no 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 21, 21. I got it. But I mean, they don't even have their best player right now. Manny Machado is playing probably the best baseball he's ever played ever. Now he wouldn't even consider since he was in Baltimore. I mean, this guy is having a hell of a season. You know, he's probably right now in the top three in MVP listings for the National League. And like I said, Joe Musgrove. I mean, game five hero of the World Series or game six uh, World Series winner. I mean, this guy has been doing good. You Darvish, of course, has been lights out. I mean, they got Shamanai too. Um, who's another one? Blake Snell. Blake Snell has been lights out like 2020 Blake Snell was when he had Kevin Cash. Everything just fell apart as soon as he came to San Diego. But, I mean, they got McKenzie Gore too. McKenzie Gore, yeah. one of their top prospects in their system. I mean, this guy is a stud. I mean, he just – his last outing wasn't his best. I mean, I think that was his worst outing. I want to say, but I mean, the Dodgers should be kind of nervous. They just got swept by the Giants too. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that division is 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 wild, wild, wild west, like you said. Um, but yeah, that that is our around the league. Before we leave, though, before we leave, I just have a little nugget for for you and and for our listeners here. We're gonna travel back in time. We're gonna travel back in time to mid-April, in mid or late April. In late April, the Astros lost two back-to-back home series against the Angels and against the Blue Jays. Despair, drama. That was, I think, that was around the time we did our first panic button. After that home series, that homestand, we headed up to Texas, lost a brutal game one. And then after that, the Astros went on a tear, won the next three against Texas, took a series on the road uh, from the Blue Jays, and then went on that 11-game win streak that, you know, took us into the month of May. So if you're out there selling your Astros stock right now, stop it. (laughs) This team is not done yet. This team is not kaput. This is a fine team that definitely has issues. Anyone saying otherwise is, is, is crazy. They have issues. They need to make improvements, but it's going to be all right. Chill the hell out. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, maybe we get another 10-game, 11-game winning streak going on. But, okay. um, yeah, but, I mean, we know our team. Someone, said, our someone team. said someone said, nine straight winning, nine straight wins against the Mets and the Yankees? What? Oh, man. You know how <laughs> – that would really solidify ourselves being the best at our best. And are we going to be talked about? Probably not. Because it's all about New York, New York, or, you know. Oh, they'd course. make so many excuses for the Yankees and excuses for the Mets. Exactly. But um, we know we know our team. We know Astros baseball. We've seen it throughout the years. We have a dynasty. I don't, you know, maybe we'll have more to come throughout the years going through the 2020s. I mean, this team, you just don't know with this team. And no. like I said, it's going to be exciting, whatever the future holds for us. I believe – you know, we we got already Alvarez locked in. We signed Presley to a two or three year deal. Um, next guy that's probably going to be on an extension is going to be Kyle Tucker. Hopefully. So I, I it, yeah, hopefully freaking Click uses his brain and clicks that brain of his. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the future of Astros baseball is here. We saw it in 17, we saw it in 18, we saw it in 19, 2020 as well with COVID, you know, COVID, I mean, we had the worst record. Well, not the worst record, but I mean, we had a losing record going into the playoffs. We were 29 and 31, I want to say. Yeah, we, yeah. And we, and we were, were one, one we were win. A game away from the World Series. And we would have had that rematch with the Dodgers. You know, us Astro fans, you know, um, travel well. We would have made Mimic made Park, you know, one of the best and probably beat the Dodgers again, I would say. Um, but yeah, Astros baseball, there's nothing to panic. We, we've seen, we've been through these rides. We've been through these roller coasters, this up and down kind of hill. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this team. It's going to be another hell of a ride. Yeah, well, and uh, one last thing. I'm going to the game tonight, Astros at Rangers, so we'll have another ballpark review on on Wednesday's episode of a ballpark review of Globe Life Field. I went to the old Globe Life way back when, I, and uh, when it was like 110 degrees. And I was we about were, to say that. <laughs> I was oh about to dude, say it was it was one of the hottest, most miserable sporting experiences I've ever experienced. I've ever had in my life, and I've been in some hot, miserable games at in, in Kyle Field. Um, but that game, I, I couldn't even tell you who the Rangers were playing. Um, but we were like at the top, top, literally the top row behind home plate, and it was so incredibly hot. Um, so hopefully we won't have that issue tomorrow. Or I'm assuming we won't. I'm excited to see Texas live, though. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, it's, a, it's really nice, dude. I'm telling you. it's you. If you go to Globe Live Field, or was it called park? Globe? No, no, it's, it's, like it's field. Yeah, yeah, it's field. Now I don't know why, but if you go out there, yes, you have to. Ch- you have to check out Texas Life. It's, it's one of the best sceneries, you know, out there. Um, and I'm excited for you the know, Astros they got, to do their version. Yes, I'm really excited when Crane's gonna do like a battery park, like how Atlanta is right now, and obviously Texas Life. I mean, you have to go out there if you're a baseball guy, baseball fan. They have baseballism inside over there too. It's it's nice. They got a bunch of TVs, um, a projector. I mean, they it, it looks really nice. You have to check it out over there when you get there. Um, but yeah, dude, doesn't it feel nice to be in a shade and have AC and not have the sun, especially Texas weather? Yeah, being at a hundred something degrees. I mean, it, we're so spoiled. We are so yeah, spoiled. We are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, hey, thanks you guys. That is our show for the day. We will see you back here. Uh, on Thursday morning, Thursday is an off day for the Astros traveling back home to face the White Sox. We will have that recap for you. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys.